Hello and welcome to Football Fancast for Spurs fans. My name's Neil and I'm joined by Ross and Matt this week. Um, we're going to mix up this week's show. Uh, Matt's going to bring us the answer from last week's question of the week in a second. But then we're going to go straight into some reaction uh, from the 60 second debate from last week. Because it kind of links the theme of the show this week. We asked last week, do Tottenham Hotspur lack strong leadership in the club? And Ross, what did you, what did you say last week? I was saying that we do. Uh, we have a few players that I, I believe uh, do have the leadership qualities we require. And Matt was shooting me down and saying, saying the yeah, opposite. I argued strongly against it. I mentioned quite a few of the big boys in the club. Yarl, Robbo, King, all being quiet and <coughs> you know lacking leadership skills. Yeah, and I, I think I clearly won the argument. But, well, well, we'll come on to that in a second. We've got the uh, we've got the match reviews from the the Arsenal game on Wednesday. We'll also be uh, pre- previewing the second leg that will be coming up later on in the show. Um, then we've got the South End game, which obviously we we won three one. Quite a convincing performance. I think everyone was quite happy to go through to the next round. Um, the sixty second debate for this week's show. We're going to be posing the question: Is Martin Yo? The man to take Spurs to great things this season. Ross, you're going to be... What are you going to be saying? What's your point? Well, (laughs) do you have a point, Ross? I have a point in life, and that's to prove that Martin Yole is not the man to take us on to great things. Um, Not specifically this season, but just in in general. I don't think he's the man that's going to make us a great club. I don't think it's going to happen. But I shall... uh, shall, uh, divulge more in my 60 second debate it's an interesting one I mean Matty you're going to be you'll be going for the opposite argument I, I take it mm-hmm. I think he's done great things since he's been here um, and I think it's just going to go from strength to strength but you'll just have to wait and see for my argument and uh, that'll be the 60 second debate coming up later and I guess um, we'll get a little look into whether he is the man, the man to take us on to great things with the two games that we've got coming up later on in the week obviously the second leg against Arsenal and uh, the Man United game um, on Sunday of next week. So, Matt, the results from last week's question of the week. Yep, OK, pod fans. The question I posed last week um, <clears throat> was, name the Spurs striker who scored a hat-trick against a former club in the Premier League at White Hart Lane in December 2003. The answer, of course, was Robbie Keane. He scored a hat-trick in a 5-2 win versus Wolves. Yeah, uh, it was a good game, that, actually. I was, I was at it. A couple of really good goals in there. It was uh, really good stuff. Well done on those of you who got that right. Okay. So, reaction from last week's debate. Do Spurs lack strong leadership? Um, But before we do that, should we we get a question for the podcast this time, mate? One to ponder on, I feel. Before we start jumping into some serious debate, let's have a little tickler for you to uh, mull over in the uh, next 45 minutes. I'm going to... A question, you, uh, qu- a question on Martin Yell this week, seeing that we're going to be talking about him. Uh, can you name the Bundesliga club he played for? Straightforward and uh, stumped a few of us here, I believe. That's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that absolutely love Martin Yell. It'll be interesting to see if they, they know a bit more about his history. Um, OK, so we'll, we'll have the answer for that a little later on. Um, now, it was pretty much unanimous, this debate, do Spurs lack strong leadership? Pretty much everybody agreed with Matt. It's the, way, it's the way you tell it now, it really is. You know, it's, it's not what I'm saying, it's how I say it. Well, I actually think it was what you were saying myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, it, That's it, another debate. Yeah. A lot of people came out and said, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious, actually. We don't, we don't have a strong leader in the team. That's why we can't win away from home. 
For example, Super Spurs, uh, he emailed in to say, I believe we do lack this leadership on the pitch and we certainly don't have a player as good as Gerard or Terry, someone who can actually bring the, the team forward. But he, he then came out and said, well, actually, I don't agree with your, uh, your comments about Martin Yole. He says he thinks that Martin Yole is, is a good leader from a, from a management point of view, which links us back into what we're going to talk about later. Ross, how, how did you feel about, um, about that? I mean, the, the, the leadership debate, you think we've got, we've got the characters in the team that are able to take us on to that next level. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one. I mean, we have, uh, we've got players, I feel, that, and, and also Martin Yeo, as, as you may have rightly said, we've got people there who, who do have leadership skills. Um, we, any team can always have more. And I don't think that we've got someone like a Gerard, no one of that calibre yet, but I think in time we will have. I mean, Ledley King's a leader. I think that people often have a misconception. If you don't shout and rant, you're not a leader, but lots of people lead by example. Very good point. And a couple of people pointed out as a Shimbonda for a potential Spurs captaincy or leadership. For example, Muldov Berbatov, he emailed in to say that perhaps we don't have the right people there, but how about looking at someone like Shimbonda because he's consistent and because he's got that fighting spirit? I'm not convinced I've got, myself. Yeah, I've got a question, Ledley King as captain, really. I mean, you say maybe he's got leadership skills. It doesn't just seem to, you know, the, the people like Terry and Gerard, it oozes out of them. They drag the team out in difficult situations where it has to be done. I can't remember, you know, Ledley King really putting that kind of performance in. He's a good defender. And I think there's a sort of a, a norm in the Premiership that your big centre-half has to be your captain. Um, but, you know, Liddy King's so quiet, I haven't seen him, you know, really pull the team together as much as, you know, other players do. I, I don't think we win, um, you know, half as much when Ledley King's not in the uh, not in the team. I'd love to see the, the statistics. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know whether that's just because he's such a good defender or whether it has, obviously, the, the leadership qualities we spoke about. But, Matt, if you're saying that, do you, did you think that David Beckham was a good England captain? I th- well, I think David Beckham had a lot of respect because he was such a huge figure on the world stage. I think all the players looked up to him in that sort of respect. He hasn't got many leadership skills, um, you know, exactly. But I think he was respected by the players, which is, a, you know, an important part of being a leader, I think. Do you think that maybe it's not just leadership, maybe it's just some calming influence in that central midfield? This is a, this is a good point that Spurs Canada makes. He says, um, the team needs a calming influence in midfield, someone to dictate the tempo of the game. And we'll come on to this a little bit later on when we talk about who should Martin Yeo select for the Arsenal game, particularly around central midfield. Do you think it, Huddleston is, is ready to do that job yet or, or not? I mean, it's a tough one because he's, he's clearly not yet there yet, but he's, he's one of our best passers of the, of the ball. I don't think you can leave him out. I mean, uh, granted, he hasn't... I mean, we raved about him because the first couple of games he he was absolutely phenomenal. Went off the ball a little bit. What you've got to remember is he's still only 19. Or, um, but so Cesc Fabregas, and we've all seen how good and devastating he can be. Uh, I think Tom Huddleston's such a good passer of the ball. You just can't leave him out, mate. You've got to play him. Mm. You've got to play him. Because if he has a good game, Spurs will have a good game. And, we'll... and I think I think we should be wary of overly criticising him at this early stage. He's had, yeah. you know, eight games. Fabregas has had you know, two, two seasons. seasons yeah. It's, what he's done is tremendous, I think, so far, and you know, I wouldn't knock him yet. Okay, okay. A um, few people were talking about Keane as potential leadership. I, th- I think that Robbie Keane's a great player. 
he, he, he's got a will to win, but I think he's around to idiot, that? to be fair. Really? Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, he's so busy shouting at the ref or going mad about something that he takes his after ball and, and his after game and doesn't uh, quite get with the programme again until he's got his little rant out. Now, as I say, the misconception of people throwing their arms up in the air and going mental, sometimes I don't know whether that's a good thing. Um, I it's think nice I, to see that he's passionate. Mm. But I think is, you is need players like Robbie Keane in your team. Everyone's got them, you know, yeah. sort of slightly yeah. loose cannon sort of thing. He's the first one who's going to go nuts at the ref if something goes wrong. But is that gen- is that what you're looking for in a, you know, a leader, captain? I'm not sure. It's good to have players like that in the team. And most teams, you know, even five side or Sunday League football has, you know, one of those players. But it's, I don't think it's captain. He does, he does a good job for Ireland and he really does lead the line very well for them. And, you know, I think he has got leadership potential, but I don't think it's necessarily right for Spurs. For me, I think a a, a captain needs to either be a centre half or a central midfielder. I don't think you can say that. Um, I think a captain should be the right man for the job, but most importantly, the captain should start every game, and Robbie doesn't. True. Okay. Good point, Ross. Good got, point. Got one in this week. Well done, mate. <coughs> yeah. Hooligan. Nice early one. Um, okay. Well, let us know your thoughts. Email Spurs at footballfancast.com and um, you know, keep us abreast. Who do you actually think should be Spurs captain? Um, when the website's up and running, we'll we'll do a straw poll on that and get a few votes in. Be quite a good one. So, on to the match reviews. Um, the Arsenal game first off. Now, I wanted to open this with an email that we've had in from a, a regular listener, a guy called Kevin Coker. He's actually said, Tonight versus the Gooners was, I'm afraid, the straw that broke the camel's back. I certainly felt that pain myself. He said, Joel is obviously a lot better than the last few Tottenham managers, but... I do believe he's not the man to take us to the next level. So, <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, you've got to back up on your point already. This is interesting. I'll get him. So uh, <laughs> he then went on to say he's too negative. At two 0 up tonight, we panicked and the team backed off, just as we did versus Newcastle. The subs baffled me, etc. Keen out on the left, didn't get it. No response to Haleb and Abu coming on. Um, we have to, uh, to be honest. Uh, look at Arsenal's passing and say that we were second best. And this this is a great point, and over to you after this one, Matt, for this question. What summed us up in 2007? At 2-1 up, our fat goalie holding on to the ball in the net and time-wasting. There's still 25 minutes to, to go. What do you think about that? Does that does that sum up that performance <coughs> in the second half? Um, yeah, unfortunately, it does. It, it was... It was typical Spurs. It's just it is what we do. Um, I think we've come on leaps and bounds. We'll talk about that later with Martin Yell. But it's just you know I was I was actually almost smug there in the pub watching you know watching the game surrounded by Gooners two 0 up. The way we played first half. Let's, let's do remember we had a cracking first half uh, performance. Berbatov going off really did affect us. I think. Um, but yeah, I was actually you know almost smug looking around thinking this is we finally got one over on them. And then we do I we do exactly what I expected us to do really. Right, okay, Matt, this isn't a slight jibe before our 60 second debate, but who would you put that down to? Um, <laughs> no one's perfect. I don't, yes, you, I think that was a good email, made some good points about Yell. Um, I think you've got to look at the players more than, more, than the, more than the manager in that situation. I think they bottled it. Yeah, um, it ultimately does come down to the players, and we can thank the players for the first half performance because without, yeah. without doubt, that first 45 minutes, probably first 35 minutes, I'd say, was 
fantastic. We were running the ball down, we were shutting down Arsenal, stopping Fabregas play. They didn't have a second on the ball, and that was so much down to Malbronk, yeah, Huddleston, and Zakora in the middle. They, they they had a fantastic start to that game. The way we were knocking the ball about, Berbatov and Defoe linking up. I think, to be honest, uh, the, the thing with Arsenal is, and I've said it to a few Arsenal fans, as much as I hate to admit it, whether it be the reserves or the first team, their movement is so good, it's almost impossible to mark. So <clears throat> the only way you can play against them is not allow them to get that first pass out. In the first half, Sakura Holliston and uh, Mal Bronk, as you say, Neil, they just did not give them any time. We shut down that first pass. But once that first pass goes, the movement's so good it's almost impossible to mark. In the second half, we stepped off the gas, sat back, and at times there was no one pressing them, not even the strikers. We're all behind the ball. We're not a good enough team to do that, and Arsenal are too good. Once they've made that first pass, the movement's so good it's almost impossible to play against. The only way you can play against Arsenal is by getting in their face, not giving them any time, and basically doing what we've done for the first 35 minutes. Why we didn't continue? I, think, I, I blame Martin Young, but we'll talk about I that think, later. I think, to be fair, we've got to remember that they are still a quality side, Arsenal, even if without the, you know, the, the big guns in there. You know, they completely tore Liverpool to shreds at Anfield. No one does that. Um, and they were always going to get a period of the game where they were going back into it. We were never going to play that good for the whole game. And it's just what happens yeah. in that period. And when that period started in the second half, you know, they got a slightly jammy goal, that first one. You know, Baptista sort of fell through Dawson. You know, it was a bit of a rubbish goal, really. And then Robbo, I mean, just went to pop for the second one. We, we could have quite easily held on to that game. 2-1, maybe, you know. Yeah, but it's not, it's not about holding on, Matt. It's the first leg. We all knew that we needed to go with a minimum of three goals to the Emirates because if Arsenal want to score goals past you, they will. And Spurs away from home are so bad that I still wouldn't have been that confident 3-0 up going to the Emirates. Mm. So it's not as if you're talking... That was the first half. And Spurs went 2-0 up. In the league game, you can still get annoyed about it, but not quite as much. This was a first leg. We had to... We had to go and get goals, and we did not do it. And I think that's pathetic. I think, I think so much of it is down to the lack of a plan B. I think yeah. that at 2-0 up, as Ross says, I think all the top teams, say for example Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, if they're 2-0 up, very rarely do they sit back and say, oh, right, we'll, we'll try and hold on to this, we'll try and contain it. I think that's dangerous, particularly when we're at, we're at home. Because we are good going forward. I mean, Matt, you've said on occasion and on last week's podcast, you said we're one of the most exciting teams in the Premiership when we're at home, when we're going forward. And we do create chances. And it's just so frustrating that, given the situation we were in, that we didn't push on for a third goal because the best form of attack, uh, sorry, defence is attack. And like, um, I just think that as soon as we sat back, the writing was on the wall. I think that might be it. I think that's uh, what Martin Young must have got that quote wrong himself. The best form of attack is defence, <laughs> because that appeared to be what he done. Um, as you say, I think we're good enough to beat anyone when we play in uh, flowing football and we're pushing on. And for some reason, unknown to myself, time and time again, we do that. We're all over teams, and then we stop doing it. Mm. I'd love somebody to explain it to me. I don't understand it. Maybe my pretty little mind doesn't understand what Martin Yells does, but it doesn't seem to be working. We're getting ourselves down here, but I mean, if this tie ain't over, I think people have generally think that you're going to play the same team as well. Um, we've, I think that game, or that first half, proved we can match them 
yeah. more than match them. They got back into the game, but you know that first half we tore to shreds. Yeah. And we can do that again. It'll be it's going to be tough now, but it's not over. All right, we'll talk about that in a we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I guess the just to close that one off. I mean, we were a little bit lucky to come away not three two down. Walcott missed a sitter at the back post, didn't he? Yeah. In the final few minutes. Uh, that's a point actually. He was rubbish. I was I thought he had a terrible mm. terrible game. But a lot of money. Uh, time will tell, um, and I hope I hope I'm not proved wrong. But I'm going to be bold and say that I think he's too bob. There was, a, there was an article in the, I think it was the Independent actually, or it might have been the Times, I'm not sure, and it was comparing um, the progress of Lennon and Walcott, and they qualified it saying, well, Walcott's a couple of years younger or so, but they actually said that that game proved that Lennon's actually there and is almost the, the, final, the final finished article, and I know you've got a point about this later on, Ross, but um, it, they were saying that Walcott may or may not make it, it's still in the balance, but I think he's got a... Uh, He's got a good manager. Still, to work it with. puts into context again the Ericsson decision to take him to the World Cup. That's always baffled me. Yeah. It's a different point, it's but you know, one. it really was. It does. Uh, this that links on quite well, actually. I got a uh, an email here from our new listener, as he calls himself, uh, Yid Till I Die, and he brought up a, a few good points. Basically, he was saying that he feels that our defence, you know, we've had a few injuries and we missed Lennon King, but our back four is more than capable of putting up with most teams as he said and up front we've got three top quality strikers and Mido's good enough to be the fourth choice so what's going wrong he blames the midfield um, basically saying that Tanio and Gali don't cut it not good enough um, which I personally agree with I used to like Tanio I thought he's had a really bad season and he's continuously injured uh, Gali I agree with him there as well I don't think he's, he's good enough but maybe give him a little bit more time let him float into the side um, but one of the points he made <clears throat> that I'm pretty sure most people would disagree with, but it's nice to have controversial points, was, I'll, I'll read it out for you. Uh, Lennon is our most dangerous player, um, but we see little of it. He is quick and has very limited, score, uh, very limited skill. He doesn't score enough goals, that's fair enough, and he doesn't set up uh, enough goals either, and at times he can look quite lazy. He's ne- um, we talked about putting him on the left wing and saying that it doesn't work. Um, basically, his point is that if if you do if you do put um, players like Ronaldo and Robin on the left, they can use both. They, they can work off they work can, up and down both wings. Can't and they? he's saying if Lennon is the finished article, is he ever going to be up to their standard? Which is a very nice link into the South End game because it was pretty much the Aaron Lennon show. <clears throat> he was awesome, wasn't he, Matt? Yeah, he was absolutely racing it, and he played. I think he swapped over in the game as well, right and left. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that emails put yeah. the rights there a bit. That was. I mean, I mean, it was Southend, to be fair. But well, you know, maybe we shall get an email with a little bit of humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yid till I die. Uh, email us in. Let us know what you think off the back of Aaron Lennon's performance against Southend, which we'll come on to right now. He was brilliant. He he started on the left, and um, the first goal that he set up was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he, he got the ball, um, it was just, uh, he actually sort of picked it up and knocked it past one of their players, sprinted down the wing, twisted inside, outside, curled it across for Jenis, who, who basically just run 50 yards to be there, which he does a lot. Do you remember like last season, yeah, he got definitely. so much criticism 
for missing that open goal against was it Newcastle? Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle. But nobody actually said, bloody hell, that was excellent. He ran 70 yards to he, get there. He covers so much ground. He missed that. Fantastic to have him back. Um, I'd like to see him play in the Arsenal game if he's fit enough. Mm. Because he, I mean, I think he's a perfect partner for Big Tom as well. Yeah. Martin Yole made eight changes going into that game. And I'm wondering um, how much of it was resting players versus giving maybe some of them a, a boot up the arse. Because it was a poor performance against Arsenal. I hope he did take the uh, take the time to rest some of them, but I hope he also took the time to point out that some people's places aren't aren't actually secure. For example, Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson needs um, <clears throat> once again goalkeepers rarely get dropped, but if you're going to drop anyone in the team at the moment, he's got to be first on my list. Mm. He's uh, I love the guy, and he is England number one. But for me, is he not good enough? He's, he's, well, I don't think he's the best keeper in England. I don't think he's the best keeper at Spurs at the moment. Yeah. Conf- it's a confidence game, and I can see what Martin Yell's doing, leaving him in the side. But um, everybody needs to kick up the backside sometimes. Well, Churney, Churney, check number two came in, and he had an awesome game. He played really, really well. Um, didn't put a foot wrong, and he made a phenomenal save from uh, from one of the South End strikes. Can't remember for the life of me who it was. But it was point blank and he tipped it over. It was a wonderful stop. And he was doing fantastically right up until the 90th minute when he decided to try and dribble it around the player. Pass it to Dawson, do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dawson just miscontrolled it. And, um, and we nearly it's lost the goal. Complete but moment of madness. But yeah, it was Hopefully crazy. that was just a one-off. Time will tell. Okay. Um, I wanted to make a couple of points about the South End game. And Ross, you, you concurred with this. I mean, uh, Robbie Keane's movement, what did you think? His movement was brilliant. I mean, he was up and down. He was uh, making space for other people. And it's something that, a part of his game that he's always had, absolutely superb. But he's a striker. And strikers are there to score goals. What about that volley? That was, that was one of the ones that he, he should have put away, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I one of my best friends at university was a Leeds fan. And when we signed him, he said he's such an amazing player. But if he was a better finisher, he'd be a top goal scorer every season. Seems to be. It seems to be that Robbie Keane and Defoe sort of have got the opposite sort of you know attributes. You've got Keane gets in the gets in the game, link up play, great movement, pulls people, uh, you know, pulls defenses apart, creates space for people, you know, and creates chances, but can't finish. Defoe doesn't do any of those things, but can finish. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things. You just mould them together. It would be. It would be fantastic. One hell of a striker. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, that the two penalty appeals. The first one in the first half, the one that we didn't get, Jermaine Jennings. Do you remember it, Matt? Where uh, he got he got through. He was on goal mm-hmm. and uh, literally just got hacked down. Um, I thought it was a stone cold penalty. But the, there was there was no way that the the ref could have seen it and not given it. Mm. It was just that blatant. I've never seen a player be hacked down so blatantly before and not been given a penalty. Ref just waved play on. But then in the second half, um, the handball that Garley just, I made... I cannot, cannot believe they gave that. I mean, it did uh, hit his arm, but he jumped up and the player pulled him back. And it just it hit his arm. I, I'm of the opinion, in football, it should only be a handball, right? Because uh, people say it's deliberate, non-deliberate and so on. But I think it should be a handball if it lands to the defensive team's advantage, or to any to whoever's got the ball's advantage. So if it was going past you and was going to go in the goal and it hits your arm, then it's a penalty. If it was going to hit your chest anyway, 
then I don't think it is a penalty. Are you trying to re- rewrite the rules? Yes, I am. And I, 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 not to give I, I hope someone from FIFA. I don't want to be rude, Russ, but that sounds really complicated. That would that would be a mess. It's a, it's a nice idea. No, it doesn't. No, that's um, I'm not going to swear, but that's rubbish. What you're talking, Neil? If the ball lands to your advantage after you've handballed it, if it's intentional or non if it's non-intentional and it lands to your advantage, then you should give the free kick or the penalty. Okay. It's I think not, the point it's with the not that difficult. It's just that you're not all that clever. But possibly it might be that. I think the main point with the Garley one is that there was definite contact with the Southfield player, and you know he pretty much. You know, gave him a little nudge in that direction. He so didn't mean it. So. Yeah, okay. tough one. <clears throat> um, just wanted to make the point about uh, Didier Zakora. Had an absolutely brilliant game yesterday. As did Jenis. The two of them were really strong in midfield, driving forward at times. Um, Zakora ran seventy yards with the ball for uh, for Robbie Keane's goal. Laid it off. It was but, excellent. Yeah, he does do that very well. Um, it's what a part of his game. I think he need. It's creeping in more and more. But when he when he goes on a run, he's uh, he's very very fast and he's hard to stop. So. I think he was involved in like the move of the match, mm. though, wasn't he? When he oh. another seventy yard run. What a move! Yeah, what a um, move. Rocker, who I think we all agreed had a had yeah. a very strong game. He did look. He won. He, he won absolutely everything in the air. Um, but for this particular one that Matt's mentioned, he made a great tackle, and I think maybe Janus picked it up, laid it to Zakora. Zakora ran seventy yards again with the ball. Laid it out to Stalteri, who really bombed on from yeah, all the way from the back. It's good to see the uh, fullbacks. I think he's trying to make an impression, isn't he? While he's got his small chance. Yeah, uh, he put a great cross in for uh, Robbie Keane, who got a shot off and another great save, tipped it onto the bar by, uh, Would have by been the South End keeper. Screamer. Yeah. So um, just to finish off, what was the Aaron Lennon show? He swapped wings and. Um, and, and put in a fantastic cross for the Mido goal. It's good to see his final delivery stepping up a bit. I think he's noticed that over the recent weeks. He's definitely uh, putting in some better balls. Yeah. Okay, boys, over to Rossi for the rapid player rundown. Right, I'm going to make it actually rapid this week because you criticised me somewhat for my unrapid rapidness. Yes, so, well, have you got your rapid pants on, most yeah, importantly? I certainly have. Okay, are we ready, mate? I am indeed. Go. Cerny. Safe as houses. Rocker. Great debut. Dawson. Solid as a rocker. <laughs> That's <laughs> clever. Yeah, well done. Uh, Lee. Still second choice for me. Rhymes. Dolteri. Uh, Canadian number two for a reason. Garley. Very surprising. Very good. Zakora. Driving force in the middle of the park. Lennon. Electrifying. Jenis. Good to see him back. Mido. Cracking hairdo. Should have scored. Well, Andy scored, sorry. Keen. Um, should have had a hatful. Defoe. All right. Melbronk. All right. Yeah, good stuff, boys. Um, Slightly just, more rapid, Matt. Good yeah, work. It was a lot quicker this week. Matt, congratulations to you. You got the correct result for the Arsenal game. You predicted 0 0, and it was, in fact, a 2 2 draw. So, well done with that. And um, again, I hit perfect score, perfect result for Southampton. Oh, game. Quite boring. Yeah, perfect I know. Score Guys, uh, you it's, only have to hear it once a week. We hear it all the time. Okay. So, should we give him one round of applause on air, Matt, and then he can just stop talking to us about it? I was going to say no. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll, well, I'll, I'll only give half. Okay, boys, on to club matters. Things that have been happening in the press. Um, noteworthy stuff for the club. Um, David's off to Ajax. Looks like that's going to happen. Thank God. Um, apparently, he had a bit of a uh, bit of a disagreement with Martin Yo at training, allegedly. Don't know if it's true or not, but um, apparently there was a bit of a uh, bit of a scuffle or something, something like that. So Martin um, Yo would batter him. Yeah, I, I think he probably <laughs> would, but. Um, I imagine if that is true, then he's, he's definitely out of there. And if Ajax is going to play some money for him, then... Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's on 40 grand a week. There's no need to keep paying someone who we're not going to play. 
Um, but I would say, you're saying you know, good riddance to him, I think he's done a good job. You know, I think he improved uh, Carrick while he was there. I, I think he's done a, a, he's a good presence in the dressing room by all accounts. And you know, players like Hoddleston and Jenis, I think it probably improved I, I from training to, with him. So I have to agree. I think the first half of last season was exactly what we needed. He, he was very good for us. I, I'm thank, thankful for him. From coming over and doing the job. I, I have to disagree. I thought that he played maybe four or five games that when he first came to Spurs, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up and thought I thought he was brilliant. And then uh, I don't know how it happened, but he lost his touch and he couldn't pass the ball at all. He was giving it away all the time, and okay. I hated him with a burning passion. So I'm glad to see the back of him. Okay. Hate him, hate him, hate him. Carry on. Email in from um, from from Martin. He says, uh, "Dear boys, just discovered the show. Brilliant stuff. Thanks very much." With regards to Davenport and Rocker, just wondering what you thought about selling some of our young English reserve centre-backs uh, and purchasing an older foreign reserve centre-back for more money. Um, it doesn't seem to make so much sense to me and tra- contradicts our recent spending policies. Good points. Good what point. Do, what do you think? Disagree. I like Rocker. I think he looks really good. I, I think he can press both Dawson and King at centre-back. I think he's that. That good from what I've seen. Well, um, I mean, it's early days, but he's a good player. He's an international. and um, One cap. Three. But um, you're wrong. He's got three. Okay, uh, fair enough. Three caps. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, any player that's uh, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced and um, from the continent can bring things um, that the other players can learn from. I think that Davenport was good cover, um, but... He played in the Premiership uh, for, for quite a while, I think, and I don't think that he was ever going to get a lot better. So Yeah, I mean, like the email suggests, we have got a good spending policy, young English talent, but I think you need uh, the balance with the experience as well. And, you know, with Gardner being young, Dawson being young, um, you know, Kings... He's not, he's not that old either. No, he's not that old either. So, you know, a bit of experience at the back there, like Maybet a few seasons ago, um, is, is a good move. OK, just pushing on, conscious of, uh, of time and that. Um, basically, a lot of stories about Bale. Um, sounds like we're in pole position for him now. I imagine by the time the next podcast uh, comes out, um, we will have either got him or Man United will. Um, sounds like uh, we've put in more money than Manchester United and Ferguson said we're in pole position. So um be good if we can secure the services of another good English player. Um, You're not convinced, Ross? Well, I just think £10 million for a... Uh a left a left midfield uh, sorry a left defender he um, left back Christ what? but um, <laughs> it's a lot a lot of money do you think it's too much a lot of money yeah I mean he has to be a very good player I haven't seen enough of him so um, but I just think 17 years old is a good opportunity that he's not can't, he can't be worth £10 million well it um, remains to be seen I guess a um, couple of other things just worth pointing out a lot of uh, rumours about Mido maybe going in a swap deal for uh, Sylvain Distan and Man City seems a bit silly given that we've just signed, we've just signed a, yeah. a centre back yeah but I think that'll happen now and um, also maybe Mido off to Celta Vigo um, again I, I, I do think that Mido serves a purpose um, yeah, keep him keep him if he's he'll happy, get a goal every now and again not- kicking off in the dressing room which he has done in previous clubs I'll say hold on to him and UEFA have finally decided that um, that they're going to give us a bye um, so we're either going to play Bragg or uh, or Palmer in the 
in the last 16. So Definitely that's good news with the busy schedule of games we've got. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a real let off actually. I'm pretty chuffed about it. So, okay, guys, ready for you? Are you you guys ready for the 60 second debate? Oh, I was born ready, Neil. Matt, you were uh, <laughs> you were voted as the winner from last week. So, at a canter, I hear as well. At a canter. Okay, Matt. Not this week, my dear friend. Wait for my countdown. Okay, Matt. Your time starts now. Is Mourinho the man to take Spurs to great things? In an answer, yes, he is. And the reasons I will suggest are the following. Uh, number one, he maintains the style of Spurs. Uh, the style of football that Spurs fans really want, which is the passing football. Um, he's not afraid to drop players who aren't up to scratch. Um, examples could be Reed, Batubu, Brown. You know, everyone was quite happy to let them go. Get gets rid of the deadwood. Uh, another good point. I think he focuses on young English talent, uh, which is only going to get better. That's probably the strongest thing about our team, and what other fans are quite envious of is the fact with players like Lennon, Hoddleston, Jennings, Dawson, all young English talent, um, and everyone likes to see. Uh, English players, and he's also got them managed to get them all on long-term contracts, which is good. He's only bought a very few flops. Um, Danny Murphy, I think, one, and most of our fullbacks um, have been pretty rubbish. But apart from that, um, he doesn't buy many rubbish players. Um, another good point to make, I feel, is that he's developed probably our best two prospects, which is um, Lennon and Holliston. I'm running out of time. Um, he uses a mix of experience, like David's neighbour, Rocker. Um, he's quite a good man manager because Mido hasn't kicked up a fuss or anything like that. Um, he's a, there's a good vibe in the changing rooms by all accounts. He gets tick, on with the players. Tick, he's happy tick, tick. and content. And he's funny and Dutch and he's great. <laughs> and that's your time, Matty. Okay, Rossi, wait for my countdown. All right, Ross, your time starts now. Okay, is Martin Yole the best manager we've had in ages? Yes, I believe he is. Will he take us on to great things? No, he won't. Plus points. Bought in good players, but did he? Was that not Arneson's job and Camoli's? Is that something that he really has any control over? I don't think so. Got us into Europe. Fair play. But should we have got to the Champions League? I think we should have. We crashed and burned out of two cups against rubbish teams. Only played 40 games, had very few injuries and came fifth. I think we should have done better. We've got a fantastic team. Should have pushed more. Uh, does he display tactical awareness? I don't think he does. Uh, there's been many times he's made decisions that I've hold my hands up and don't really know what he's up to. He's been quoted as saying, I will not make a sub before 60 minutes unless injuries force the change. Any manager who says that is an ignoramus. Uh, Overplays are out of form players. Davids, Garley, uh, Robinson, Mido. Um, appears to not have the bottle to drop people. And in answer, us. will he make us good? Yes. Will he make us great? No, he won't. Good debate, boys. Very interesting stuff. <clears throat> That's in the bag, baby. I think it's going to go on. It's a good one. It's a good one. I really like that debate. It's some great points on either side. Um, But it's up to you guys out there listening to decide. Email spurs at footballfancast and we'll read out your reactions next week. Um, Yeah. Good stuff, boys. Really good debate. Nice, interesting one. That, um, nice to see Ross is putting up a challenge for once. It's just becoming, you know, a bit easy. I but think we'll split. I think I think we'll really up. split <laughs> the listeners with this one. I think a lot of people really love him, but a lot of people think he's lacking. So I think okay. uh, week in, week out, uh, tactical decisions that he makes, and as much as I don't, you've had your sixty seconds, Ross. All right, I think enough. we'll leave it there. Fair enough. We'll just start. Okay, boys. Um, on to the coming games. Uh, in a few sentences. Will we beat Arsenal? Matty? Yes. 
That's not a few sentences. That's a word. That, that is a word. Why? Uh, <laughs> why? Because it, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> I just really want it to happen. Um, and it's just about time it did. It's Sheer just, we, willpower. Yeah. Um, we, I'm just fed up with smug Arsenal fans going, ooh, look at our kids and all that rubbish. Um, we, so we're just going to do it. What score, Matt? 3-2 Spurs. Wow. I think it's going to be a classic. You're not going to go for the 3 2 away, uh, winning on away goals? No? Rossi? <laughs> Easy for you to say. Um, no. We're not going to beat them. Really? Yeah. We're what? too negative. We won't. If we. Can I say two things and sit on the fence completely? If we score first, we'll lose. If they score first, we'll win. So I'm going to go for 2 1 to Arsenal. People like William Hills are going to be absolutely loving you. That makes no sense at all. But I kind of agree. I, can't <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree that I, I agree in as much I can't decide whether we'll, we'll win or not. But I think that the way that they played in the second half was great. If they play like that and keep that going, I think they will win. But if we play like we did in the first half, it'll be amazing. It'll be an amazing match to watch. And I am actually going to go for a 2-1 Spurs victory. Away from home at the Emirates, they're unbeaten there. Everything says that we shouldn't do it or we can't do it, but I think we Boys, can. Boys, I hope you're right. I really don't want to win this week. What score are you going for, Russ? So we've got a record of it. Two one to Arsenal. Two one to Arsenal. You scumbag. Okay. <laughs> realist. Um, realist. We got Man United on Sunday, so another another big game. Um, they're a great side. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a one-one. And I'm usually right I'm about getting, these things. I'm, so. getting, I'm getting quite comfortable on this fence. I think if we lose to Arsenal, we'll beat, we'll beat them. I'm going to go for 1-0 Spurs. 1-0 Spurs, oh, no, Maddie? no, no, no. 2-1. We can't keep a clean sheet. OK. <laughs> Depends if we play the robot, Cherny and Gov, or Big Rower. I've got a feeling we are going to win 3-2 against Arsenal. Therefore, we're going to be knackered and mentally drained. Um, we're probably hungover. And we're probably going to lose 3-1. I'd say at least... Man United. Three one. Yeah, they're looking good. And do you think we're going to be hungover? Are you talking personally or uh, the um, Tottenham team? Let's hope personally. they don't all go out and get drunk before the Man United game. Okay, uh, Matty. Three question of the week: results and one for the viewers to ponder. Okay, question the question for the podcast to ponder was name a Bundesliga club that Martin Yard played for. The answer was Bayern Munich, which I didn't know. Yeah, it stumped me. Okay, An interesting one. And the question for next week is, which team have Spurs beaten in the European Cup, drawn with in the UEFA Cup, and lost to in the European Cup Winners' Cup? Good question. It right. really is. Listeners, get on your keyboards, email us, spurs at footballfancast, with your, uh, with your thoughts from the podcast this week. Let us know what you think about the various subjects we raised. We're really interested to hear your thoughts. Get on there, have a look at the temporary website, and get involved. www footballfancast.com um, Goodbye everyone I've been Neil I've been Ross and I've been Matt See you all soon Tottenham chance to play us out Come on you Spurs <laughs>